Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Erin. Don't forget to find us on our website at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can find all our socials there, or you can email us at therealbtpod at gmail.com. Just a reminder, Wednesday, April 18th at 8 p.m., we are part of the Reimagine End of Life presents Good Grief at the Punchline. Uh, we will be on stage with Chris Garcia, Reggie Steele, Ron Vai, Irene Tu, and Dan Rothenberg. You can find those tickets at letsreimagine.org, or you can find them at punchlinecomedyclub.com. This is a fun interview. It's a, I call it Aaron on Aaron. Uh, it's Aaron Katz, director of the film Gemini, which uh, comes out Wednesday, April 11th in San Francisco. We got to record uh, early in the morning at a bar, which was fun, but no drinks involved. Uh, but we were at the uh, Alamo in the Mission in San Francisco. So uh, check out our interview and check out Gemini when it comes out in your theater near you. Aaron Katz, welcome to Bitch Talk. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Aaron on Aaron here. That sounded weird. Aaron versus Aaron, maybe? Sure. Like Bear versus Bull, the bar we're in. Oh, oh, I see. I thought the name of it was just Versus. Now I see the statues of the yes. bear and the bull. Yes, right. I know. It's kind of cool. Uh, it's a Monday morning. I am not drinking. Are you? I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> Are you sure? But I did go to Smuggler's Cove last night. How was that? It was great. I mean, I consider it to be one of the best bars in existence. Oh, good. And I was very happy to revisit it. What rum drink did you get? I or had, did you get rum? No, I had two. I had Don's own grog. And, what is that? Uh, it's uh, rums orgeat, which is an almond syrup, and mm. uh, blackberry liqueur. Okay. And it's a... It's based on a Don the Beachcomber 1930s recipe. Okay. And then I also had a fog cutter. Oh. Which I believe was invented by Trader Vic and then honed right. by other tiki bars later. Right. You sound like a, are you a bit of a bartender yourself or? A uh, home amateur are bartender. You? Oh, yes. okay. Wow. Well, well, you're in the right city for that. Uh, let's talk about your film, Gemini. I want to talk about casting because it was... Um, fantastic casting from Zoe Kravitz to John Cho, uh, very female-centric, and the male characters were kind of in the back. Uh, did you have a hand in casting, and um, was that your idea of, I want a very diverse cast right off the bat, or...? Well, um, you know, I wrote the film with Lola Kirk in mind, not knowing whether she would do the film or not, right. but I had seen Mistress America and really loved her performance in that. And I was thinking about writing a thriller and just felt that I knew who the character was after seeing Mistress America. And, uh -huh. and yeah, I didn't know if she would do it and, and uh, hope she would. And she did. Yeah. And so that was the first piece of it. And yeah, it's come up that, you know, people have asked about, you know, the two main characters are, are female. Mm -hmm. And I think I, that it came from the fact that, let me back up to say, sure. I've been programming a bunch of repertory series to go oh. along with the film coming out. Okay. And there are just so few crime films that have female lead characters right. um, and especially older ones and and uh, right. and I and especially people are sort of playing the role of a detective I mean Lola's not a detective in the movie but right. she is um, forced into doing things that detectives might do and so I wasn't consciously thinking about it but I think it was just an instinct to see this um, world from a different perspective right um, 
were you excited to see once the casting was done who said yes and um, how it played out on film definitely yeah, yeah. I, I think we got really lucky with our cast and yeah. um, Zoe and Lola I think have a really great relationship yeah. on screen and yeah John Cho is incredible and a very fun guy to have on set and yeah. also John is just I think he's a really great actor I he's, do too thank you for having him on your he's, show uh, I mean, have, your, have you seen Columbus movie. I haven't He's so good in Columbus. Okay. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, I highly recommend uh, Columbus. Uh, uh, and yeah, he's, uh, I, I think he's just, he's a very funny guy, but also just a really great actor. And it's interesting that he came, you know, from the, you know, world of like stoner comedies. Right, right uh, yeah. And he's in, in Gemini, he's this just a very um, serious and inscrutable kind of character. And you don't mm-hmm. know what he's up to and he's you know it's sort of meant to live in the tradition of uh the detective that you don't know if he's trying to help you or trying to trick you and right. uh, you know there's a lot of great examples of this like in american gigolo and body heat mm-hmm. and um uh, i i really love that character and i think john um does a great take on it and yeah. i told him not to tell to make a decision about whether he's actually trying to help her or if she he just from the beginning thinks oh. that she's guilty and, okay. and not to tell either me or lola which right. choice he made did he tell you at the end no i told him oh. never, to tell, <laughs> never to tell you ah yeah. uh, i think i think he still thinks he, she did it anyways uh that's gonna be my take let's talk about the music i really love the music throughout the whole film um it's very different um can you talk a little bit about that? Were they your choices or did you just throw it to your music supervisor and say, I, this is what I'm thinking, here you go? Well, the score is by Keegan DeWitt and mm-hmm. we've worked together on all five of my movies. Okay. And in fact, went to high school together. Oh. Um, Homies. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this, was, this was a tough one for us. We, okay. we, in the past, had always had an idea for what the score of a movie should be and hmm. some version of that ended up being um, the, the score of the movie. Uh, in this case, we had an idea and uh, we ended up changing directions. Uh, and our original idea was we wanted a sound inspired by Giorgio Moroder and Tangerine dream and Mm, mm -hmm. John Carpenter and so on and Mm -hmm. I think that sound is there in in the in the final score Mm -hmm. but what we realized as we were working on it was that it felt like it um, was relevant to one part of the movie the sort of part in the tradition of thrillers from the 80s and 90s but not relevant to our two main characters and it felt like uh, we needed to find music that these characters would want to listen to right and so um, it was a hard process but I'm maybe more proud of this score than than oh, anything. Really? I mean I'm I love all of the scores that we've done together but uh-huh. this is one that maybe because of how challenging it was and where we ended up getting with it that I just feel really really proud of it and I you know when I watch the movie I just I always enjoy the parts that are very heavily um, score yeah it's it's really beautiful and it, it sets a mood and a tone for every scene and I like how how kind of different it is throughout the film because sometimes it can get a little melodic I think in some films and you're like okay let's move on <laughs> yeah I mean Keegan tried to like fold in a lot of different interpretations of our main theme hmm. on different instruments and you, you know you hear it uh, at the beginning with a, a saxophone and then there's a you know, piano version of it there's string versions mm-hmm. of it uh, and, and sometimes we have the kind of drum loops um, which sound very contemporary and other times we have a more traditional thriller score with you know string orchestral kind of sound mm-hmm. yeah it was it was beautiful um, let's talk about the way you look at Hollywood uh, because that's uh, that's weaved obviously throughout the film um, 
talk to me a little bit about it because it's very insider baseball a little bit if you, right, if you don't yeah. really know the scene and I used to be a publicist so I was having a little PTSD oh no I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry no no in a, in a funny way like yeah. yeah yep that's that's what happened so please talk to uh, that well I've lived in LA for five years now mm-hmm. uh, and and about two and a half years at the time when I wrote this film and I wasn't sure what I would think about living in Los Angeles when I moved there and sure. I grew to love the city and so part of it's that and part of it's just having the chance to see up close how 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 things work and one of the things that is reflected in this movie is that a skill prized above maybe all others <laughs> or, or a personal quality prized above all others is just being competent and good at your job mm-hmm. and so Lola's character Jill is just supremely competent and good at doing her job and so there's this line where Michelle Forbes says I I um I know we kind of hate each other, yes. but actually I really like I you. I love that line. <laughs> Which I think reflects a real attitude of like, we, of we're in positions where we're going to be in opposition to yes, each other, but a lot. <laughs> we have an understanding with each other because I know when you're telling me something that like, you're not bullshitting me. Right. And that like, you've done the background work to know what the real situation is. And, right. and I think that anyone who can kind of cut through the, um, well, like maybe you just don't know what you're doing. Like anyone who believe that they know what they're doing really, um, is respected in, in, uh, Hollywood, maybe, maybe in all businesses, but I think especially Hollywood because the line between personal and professional can be very nebulous and work doesn't stop at six o'clock. And so, (laughs) um, I think sort of personal trust in what someone's saying, uh, ends up having a huge premium in the movie business. Right. So you've been in LA for five years. Did you move directly from Portland or? No, I, I, I haven't lived in Portland since the 90s. Oh, okay. I went to school uh, uh, in North Carolina. Oh, got it. And then lived in New York and Pittsburgh before. Okay. So moving. you think LA's, you're going to stay I in LA? I think LA might be my permanent home. Okay. I, yeah. I don't know where else I would go except possibly living in Portland again. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I really, I, I really love the city and feel like there is so much that I have discovered and yet so much to discover yeah. uh, in the future. And the, the shots in the film are beautiful of L.A. It's a little bit of a love letter also, I feel, to L.A., right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I just love watching movies where it feels like the characters are really rooted to their place. We Just last night, we're sitting in the Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. and last night we had a screening of Jade which is set oh, in San Francisco. Yes, of course, yeah. And uh, Dead Again, which is set in Los Angeles, uh-huh. and both have such a strong sense of place. Uh, and I, yeah, I just really enjoy that and definitely want this film to be in that tradition. Yeah. Uh, have you thought about shooting in San Francisco at all? I haven't so far. Okay. I, it's, it's expensive. <laughs> well, LA is expensive too. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I so far in my career have made four films set in places where I either lived or uh-huh. had lived. Yeah. And then one film about, it's a film about tourists in a place where okay. I didn't live in Iceland. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I have never written a film set in San Francisco, but I, I think San Francisco is a great city um especially for thrillers you know i mentioned um jade but also um uh jagged edge is set in san francisco a great san francisco film yeah um vertigo yeah yeah vertigo (laughs) all this the classics yeah well um aaron have any last words about gemini you want to share with our audience yeah I, i really hope people have a 
I really hope people get to enjoy each part of the film for what it is mm -hmm. because um, for me, you know, I made a film that is that takes a lot of time to allow you to get to know these characters and see what their relationship is all about. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the film at one point kind of shifts and, and, and changes what it is. And um, that's the kind of film that I like to watch and I feel like I don't see that much. And mm -hmm. so um, in general, I, I feel like I end up making films that are just films that I would want to see. So I hope everyone else uh, <laughs> enjoys it also. We'll keep doing that. And thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk, Aaron Katz. Thank you for having me. That was director Aaron Katz of the film Gemini, which is out tomorrow in San Francisco. Don't forget that we are at the Punchline in San Francisco on Wednesday, April 18th, part of the Reimagine End of Life series that's going to be all over San Francisco uh, in just a week. Uh, you can get those tickets at punchlinecomedyclub.com. We'll see you Thursday. Bitch, please. <laughs> 